1: let's get it started huh. let's get it started in here <laughs> let's get it
0: started <laughs> didn't that sound like Fergie?
1: yeah it did. wait it's Fergie that does that part?
0: she definitely does she's like in here
1: in here I miss Fergie what do you think Fergie's doing right now?
0: um oh, what is she doing? Fergalicious death Fergalicious death uh huh Fergalicious death Def 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 I I miss her too, but honestly. Remember the national anthem? Oh my god.
1: <laughs> I totally forgot about that. If anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, purse, just drop in a clip of the national anthem right here and we don't even need to like speak any further on the topic. <laughs>
0: You guys listened? Let us know what you think.
1: Or don't. I honestly, like, I think it should just live as it is with, like, no no op-eds, you know what I'm saying?
0: Did you know a drag queen did, like, a performance to this? To, the, to like, a remix of Fergie's national anthem? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. The bearded queen. Honestly, she did that with so much gumption and confidence. I can't even be mad. Me neither. She the really whole, delivered. The whole stadium laughed at her. And she just she still went for that high note at the end.
0: oh, say, can you see your turn?
1: No, honestly okay. <laughs> Sarah, as we no as we started it, I was like, Mm-mm. how are you feeling today? Hey, yes. um, it's kind of funny that you <laughs> it's Except kind of we haven't been talking for like an hour.
0: Yeah, guys, if anyone wants to really know, before Sarah and I start a recording, we generally talk for an hour before we actually start recording, minimum. So you know, I had a bit of a day, but it's okay Yeah. because we're all about transparency on the podcast. I don't like to pretend that everything's okay when it's not. I'm trying to stay positive. I don't want to get into it too much because I think like I'm doing a little funny dance right now.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't call it funny, but it's like definitely trying to stay positive kind of dance.
0: Yeah, it's it's like a trying to stay positive dance. I just think things are going to move forward, move up, move up, onwards and upwards. And But if the audience wants to know, P is just going through it a little bit. So if you want to send her some
1: flowers. Oh, I think that she would truly love some Uber Eats.
0: Yeah, so if anyone wants to send me some Uber Eats, like it'll just make my day.
1: Yeah, you got to drop your address, though, right here.
0: Okay, everybody. It is
1: beep, 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 beep.
0: <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Actually, no one sent me Uber Eats. Just, just wanted to let you know if you're going through it, I'm also going through it.
1: Obviously, we don't want you to go through it, but if you are, it's okay. Yep. And at the same time, listen, today was kind of a tough day, but we also got some pretty freaking exciting news today.
0: Oh, yeah, we did. We really did.
1: That I feel like we will tell you guys about later once it's like fully confirmed maybe yeah but we got some great news today purse it's true there was a little silver lining in your bad day i also just have to say really quick that i right before this i was having dinner with my grandma she is 92 we have the same birthday so she's also a fiery aries just like me and She's just like my favorite woman in the world. I was telling her about this podcast for the first time. She didn't know that I did this. And she thought it was so cool. And we, me, her, and my dad, and my mom, had the best conversation about like queerness and queerness through the generations and like how my grandma felt about it at 92 and how my dad feels about it at 59 and how I feel about it and how kids younger than me feel about it. All I wanted was to grab a microphone and put it in the middle of the table and just record the whole conversation and post it as an episode because it was like just three generations of thoughts and experiences with queerness and it was such a good conversation.
0: I think that's amazing. And so your grandma being 92, like how does she feel about queerness?
1: Um, Her and my my dad were saying that kind of, they kept being like, I don't care what you do, like be you, like be whoever you are, like, you know doesn't matter to me like you're no different from me you're no different from me so they have that mindset which is so great but I was definitely trying to kind of bring in the idea that queerness is something that should be celebrated and that even though we're we're aiming for equality we also acknowledge that the queer community is its own separate thing and that it's this own it's own beautiful separate thing. Yeah. That it That it that it is a different experience from being straight. And that's okay too. Kind of like the whole colorblind argument.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was like, of course we want everyone to be equal. But we also want to celebrate the differences. And that being queer is like a beautiful difference that should be seen as such. Kind of. Um, so anyway, but I was like, I would love to have you on the podcast. Because like talking to a 92 year old about like her thoughts on queerness...
0: Oh, that'd be amazing.
1: I know. And and it's so funny, like, talking to them because my grandma was like, you know, I worked with a gay person once, but the fact that you're like, oh, I know one gay person is interesting. It's not bad. It's just interesting. And I would love to explore that more.
0: Yeah, I know. I find that very interesting because I, I think our generation is so different that, like, there's gayness all around us. Yeah, exactly. It, it's different for our parents' generation, obviously different for, like, your grandma and how she grew up and just the times were so different and we're going to get into all of that too, just in terms of even like coming out to family and like, I just find, I don't know. I wish I was there at the dinner table. Yeah, I wish I me could too. meet meet your grandma and not her, not even know I'm gay.
1: Oh yeah. I know. And then be like, Oh, interesting. We were talking about you and uh, I said, Oh, and also Persis is Indian. So that's an important part of her story and like blah, blah, blah. And then she was like, Oh, Sarah, She must be pretty. And I was like, yeah, "Yeah, Grandma, she's really pretty. And she was like, because uh, Indian people from India, they're just gorgeous. There are a few Indian girls that come into my building. Oh, they're just so beautiful. And then obviously my mom, who's obsessed with you, was like, Chris, she – my grandma's name is Chris. Chris, she is so cute. She's just so cute. I I just gave her a Boston accent. My, my mom does not <laughs> remotely sound like that. Anyway, and then we were—my ta- mom was like losing her mind to how cute you were. And then I had to show a picture of you to grandma so she could see how pretty you were. What picture did you show her? I showed her the um, I showed her the naked grape photo.
0: <laughs> I was gonna, <laughs> I was like, look, grandma. Well, did you end it by saying, oh, also she's the love of my life and we're
1: getting married? I wanted to, but I just wasn't sure if she was ready yet. I was like, I'm gonna ease in to this by telling her just about the podcast and then see her thoughts and then kind of go from there, you know?
0: Right, right, right. Get her to like listen to a few episodes.
1: Exactly. But I just thought as it was happening, I was like, this is the perfect precursor to our topic because today on this episode, we're talking about coming out to your family. Yes. And I was like, here's my family right in front of me. And me and my two sisters are, we all identify as straight, but just picturing what it would be like if one of us had come out as queer, what the reaction would be and realizing that it would have been like a positive reaction. Yeah. Um, I I love that. With lots of questions and conversations, but at least, at least it would be a loving reaction.
0: I totally agree. And like I said, I kind of wish I was there because I want to have more of those conversations. Like I want to talk to people. Like I, especially if it's not met with like hate, if it's met with like curiosity, I'm all for
1: it. I'm all for it. Yeah. And they were open to, we had a long chat. Like they were, we talked for like an hour. They were really open to talking about it and saying what they what they felt and what they thought. And I was like, can you guys all please come on the podcast? This would be so interesting.
0: And Sarah, how good does that feel for you to actually have these conversations?
1: It feels amazing. Like I feel like I have s- such, so much more knowledge, first of all, and so many more opinions. Like I have, like everything they said, I was able to, be like totally here where you're coming from and here's another way to look at it every single thing and they were oh, yeah. like, like oh I never thought of it that way and I was like I don't think I would have been able to have this conversation in this way seven years ago for example right and so it felt really good it felt like it just felt like we were growing together like me and my parents and my grandma in this little hour pocket of time we had grown from the beginning of the hour to the end the yeah. does that make oh. sense
0: oh yeah and, yeah that makes so much sense
1: you know sometimes with your family things can get mundane and you don't always like have these types of conversations and when they happen naturally it was i was excited i was like really talkative <laughs> probably too talkative but it was exciting
0: i don't think we expected us to even be openly talking about so much and also learning yeah. so much i just think like some of the topics that we've been hitting as well have been new for us and mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just really excited with where this is going. And it's opening the conversation with our families and like our outer circles and people we don't even know. And I'm yeah. like over the moon about it.
1: Yeah. I have to say, we just got our very first message from a straight guy, <laughs> it mm. was from, from a straight guy we don't know, who found out about our podcast and just wanted to tell us that he really loved it. And he was saying like, I'm just a straight guy and I really relate to so many of the things you talk about and i sent him a voice note back cuz i was losing my shit i was like this is amazing i was like who are you we love you like this is exactly what we wanted right right here was for anyone queer straight to be like cool i relate to this
0: totally and that's the whole point we're all like we're all this, these humans trying to work our way through life okay
1: and it's not always easy
0: let me tell you.
1: <laughs> Let persons tell you. It's not easy. But yeah, we wanted to talk about coming out to, to your family for a number of reasons. The first reason is that we got a mailbag from a listener who wanted to share their experience about coming out to their family and how it hasn't exactly been a positive one. And the other reason is that it's Pride Month, which is a time when a lot of people are either reflecting on their coming out experience or they're deciding to come out to their family or the people in their lives. And something that I've heard a lot of queer people say is that they don't just come out once. Like that doesn't exist. There's not like a one coming out. Um, unless maybe you're a celebrity or something. I don't know. Like maybe you're, if you're Ellen and you're like are on are on a magazine that says I'm gay or something. But um, for anyone else who's not Ellen, you come out over and over and over, right? If you get a new job, you're you're going to eventually probably come out in some way at that job to your employer, to your colleagues or something. Um or if you meet a new friend or you meet someone for the first time at a bar or something. I've heard people say coming out is like a regular occurrence for queer people.
0: I said that verbatim.
1: Oh. <laughs> Oh my God. (laughs) No, no, no. I've
0: heard queer people say. (laughs) So the only reason why I'm pointing that out now, which I find funny is because, so back in October, I did a video for Mashable India for national coming out day, but, and it was me and Ma Faiza. Yeah. But they just recently did a new video with the two of us and they, um, they changed it up a little bit. So they posted it last week and it was me saying, you don't just come out once. You're coming out every single day. I've had to come out. And I, it just, it just made me laugh because I was like, <laughs> Sarah, so you're like, I've heard queer people say,
1: I mean, it's just not just Listen. Me. Okay. First, Pers- you are so in my psyche. But it just made me laugh. And I listen to you so intently. These things, I think either I came up with them in my head or I've just like, you know, taken them from the world. So I want to give credit to purses where credit is due. I've heard queer people say that on (laughs) –
0: that was amazing. But it is not – obviously, it's not just me. Queer people do say it. I just thought that was funny because I really do feel that though, Sarah. Like I really do. Um, Yeah. And other queer people can definitely feel that. Like it doesn't matter where you are. I can come out and like I'm not Ellen, so I'm not here – on time magazine where it says i'm gay and everyone's gonna know i'm gay it's like it's true i meet a new friend they're i have to tell them i'm gay yeah coworkers, gay going out to a bar it's like it's true it's just never it's never assumed so you have to come out all the time as a queer person
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you've talked about your coming out experience a lot on this pod but for anyone who maybe hasn't heard past episodes or Maybe if there's something that we haven't discussed yet about your coming out experience, your family's reaction was was really positive, like your your immediate family. Yeah. Like you said, your mom had some questions, but overall was very supportive. And your dad was literally just like, cool.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I literally can't even really remember his reaction because I think it was just so like, cool. like, okay. To go into this, because I know if um people haven't really listened to past episodes, like, Yeah, my coming out experience was really, really good compared to a lot of people, and especially I know a lot of Indian people. Mm -hmm. I know um, that's not the case for everyone, so I'm not going to speak for everyone, but I think um, I was very lucky. But I I do know all of my issues were internal issues. It was all just me being like, is this going to be my life now? I don't even really Mm -hmm. know what I want honestly, I think living in a heteronormative society and thinking I was attracted to men for so long really messed me up because like I envisioned my life to be a certain way. And then all of a sudden when that starts to change, it really freaked me out and not in a positive way. I wasn't really embracing my feelings for women. I was scared of them. When I did first tell my parents I was bi when I was 18, I remember my mom and dad, like they definitely listened. especially, like I said, my dad was like, okay, but I know my mom, she wasn't really sure. She didn't know a lot about the queer community at all. Never. They're never homophobic. She was never a homophobic person, but I think for her, she was like still trying to wrap her head around it Mm -hmm. and was very much more focused on, okay, well maybe she'll still meet like a nice guy. When I told my mom I was bi, I think she was very focused in on this like crush I had, which was Alice. Shout out Alice. And I think my mom was just worried for me. It's interesting because I think she was just like, "Oh no, like I just don't think that's the right thing for her. Maybe she'll meet a nice guy," which is funny. It's not that she thought, "Oh, maybe well she'll meet a nice like a nice girl." I think she just wasn't mm-hmm. sure. Um, yeah, and that's okay. It's still a learning process, and like we've learned more about each other. But what's really funny is that when I came out as queer, I didn't identify with the label bisexual anymore, and when I came out as queer at 24, I didn't really have to like come out to my parents again. I think they kind of just understood because there had been so many years of just just so many discussions and them knowing my feelings and how I really felt about women that it was just kind of like, they just got it. And that took a few years from
1: 18 to 24 during those times. But like- Yeah. That's kind of cool that I I never really knew that when you came out as bi and you've talked about this many times you truly identified with bi yep that felt really good to you and it did for for quite a few years it almost feels like that allowed you to to have a base where conversations could start and then and then conversations continued obviously it's
0: interesting i like that you said that was it was a bit of a base because i think throughout those years I was dating men and women. I, like I said, I really did identify with bi. That, that was always how I felt. Then throughout the years was really like, wow, I'm really, really gaining all these feelings for different women. And my parents could like, I thought you were going to say, I'm really, really gay. (laughs) That too. That too. (laughs) That too. I was definitely like, I was a little nervous to put a label on it, but I was definitely feeling it. I was like, I knew it. My experiences with men were, I couldn't even compare it to what I would feel with girls. And then, so uh, my parents and I, for anyone in the podcast, like my parents and I have a very, um, open type of relationship. Like I don't hold a lot back from my parents. Like they know a lot. Um, obviously like some details they don't need to know, but I mean, they're very involved in terms of like, if I'm talking to someone who I really like, or there's a, there's someone I'm interested in. So throughout the years, I think they were also able to put two and two together and be like, all Persis talks about are these girls she's into. Yeah. (laughs) In a span of like all these years from 18 to 24 and all, I haven't expressed that I'm interested in in a man once (laughs) (laughs) or I wouldn't even talk to them about guys I was going on dates with.
1: Yeah, I mean I was experiencing the same kind of thing as your roommate, right? Like obviously you would talk about the guys you were going on dates with, but it was clear you weren't excited about them. All the conversations were like, as we've talked about on the pod, he's so nice. Like he's such a nice guy. I'm not there wasn't really a spark. You'd always you'd always go, There wasn't really a spark. But maybe if we go on a second date. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I remember it got to the point where like, you were going to go on a second date with this guy. And I think I told you, I was like, purse. I don't know. Like, maybe just like move on. <laughs> like, I don't know if the second date thing is working. Like, there's clearly not a spark with this, with any of these people.
0: <laughs> no. And I think like, like I said, it was still my own thing I needed to figure out. But I think that just made that so clear that when I eventually was like, I'm queer and now I'm comfortable with saying I'm gay. I'm like, I usually will just say I'm gay now, you know? It just feels great. And yeah, it was kind of like my parents were just like, okay, we know, we know. And like, we love you for it. And we genuinely just want you to meet a
1: great girl. Yeah. And then what about your extended family? So what's really
0: interesting is that I haven't actually had conversations myself with my extended family to talk about my queerness. Like, it's not like I've come out to like, aunts or uncles, myself. Um, I just know that I've heard that I don't know if a lot of people are like, from my family, mainly in like the States, I just don't know, I don't know how they feel about it, to Mm -hmm. be honest. Mm -hmm. Or they just avoid it, you know what I mean? Cause like I posted, um, I, I was very open about posting on social media. Right. You know, it wasn't like I just told my parents and then my parents tell my extended family. It was like, I posted it everywhere. And I'm not YouTube. saying, yeah, I post it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's amazing because I think a lot of Indian people were able to resonate with my story. I don't get me wrong. I, my cousins have reached out to me who are like in the States and they're like, so they're, they, I don't know. I think it's like that generation too. They're like, great. Like, I'm so glad you're yourself and like you're open and you're speaking out. But I haven't heard anything from, like, some of my extended family. And to me, that also speaks more where I'm just, like, sometimes when you don't say anything, you might be having some
1: some opinions. It's possible. Um, but I was just checking really quick. And you, so, so Persis has two coming out videos. The first one is called I'm Bisexual, coming out as an Indian woman. And then that came out two years ago. And then the other one is, "Am I gay?" My story is a queer Indian woman, and that came out one year ago. And in total, they have over ten thousand views. Yeah. So just you, you being like, "Oh, I was very open about my coming out." Like, r- guys, ten thousand people, just on her YouTube, have <laughs> interacted with her coming out story. So I just wanted to really clarify that for anyone. Okay, fair, fair. <laughs> like I'm not like I'm just saying like you really did publicly. You really did put it out there because it was so important to you for other people who might need to see that and hear that to see it and hear it, and ten thousand people did. So, <laughs> also, I'm just realizing, are we dating? Roommate tag video? Do you remember, do you remember that one? Of course, I do. It has over a thousand views now.
0: <gasps> Woo! People want to know if we're dating, Sarah.
1: I know. I wonder if we uh, if we told them the truth in that video. I can't even remember.
0: Oh, they'll never know. It'll be the forever mystery of S&P.
1: Always. Until the last episode of Girl on Girl.
0: Which will be never.
1: That's true. We're never going to stop doing this. This is the best.
0: I don't want to say anything for my extended family because I haven't heard it from them. I do know I had someone, there was a comment made that I think an older relative said where they were confused at first when I came out as bi when they heard, oh, does that mean she has two boyfriends and two girlfriends or something like that?
1: Oh, that's kind of cute. <laughs> which was,
0: which was adorable. Right. So it wasn't like met with like hate or it wasn't met with like any judgment. I think it was like
1: a genuine question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that sounds very genuine. <laughs> I mean, I'd be really impressed. if, if Me you too. Had two girlfriends and two boyfriends. Totally. Like that's a lot of work.
0: I'd be, I'd be thriving. Actually, maybe I probably wouldn't be thriving. I'd be struggling. Yeah. As a
1: Libra, you would be struggling.
0: I'd be struggling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I don't want to speak for anyone, but I definitely think that there's still a lot of work that needs to be done in general, Um, especially in India. There's still so much hate for the LGBTQ, LGBTQ community in India. And that's why I'm also really um, proud of Mashable for like Mm -hmm. highlighting LGBTQ stories.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's incredible. And I also wanted to, kind of veering away from the uh, conversation around you being Indian, I'm just curious, and I feel like we've probably talked about this on the pod, but how did you know that it was time to come out? Or how did you decide, I'm going to come out right now? The very first time when you came out as bisexual to your parents. I'm talking about your family specifically.
0: I think, okay. Wow, okay, okay, okay. This is going to get a little deep because I remember this moment
1: just because i think a lot of people listening will will want to know when's the right time
0: okay yeah okay so i was yeah i was 18 like i said i was going through the one of the roughest periods i think i've ever gone through in my entire life i was very depressed i was dealing with a lot of anxiety and i i didn't know what was wrong with me i i felt like i wasn't present in a lot of situations so this was um, my second semester at Humber College. So literally, it was my first year of college. I was living in residence. And the first semester was amazing. I remember just being like, I'm living away from home. I'm in residence. I'm meeting all these friends. Like, I, yeah, it's what your could first- be better? What could be better, right? I'm like living alone. I am independent. Like, I liked that space and I liked being also I mean, we were, we were Etobicoke, but I also liked being in Toronto because I was going downtown on the weekends. It was just a different way of life than what I was used to before. Right. Mm -hmm. But something just hit me after Christmas break. I remember I had gone home. I had spent some time obviously with my friends. I love my high school friends so much, but then it was like things with Alice. (laughs) I feel like I just remember having a realization where I was like, this is not, normal like what my i think i was finally realizing like i really like this girl
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and i remember when i was leaving college to come home to whippy for the christmas break i'd hooked up with a guy in res like right before the christmas break and i remember like thinking i needed to be like excited about it because i had such a crush on him Mm. and i thought i was i remember thinking i was even when i was there i was so giddy i was excited actually fun fact i pre-drank with sarah right before oh, I went yeah. hook up with
1: this guy. Man, the start of many pre-drinks before dates.
0: Yes, yes. But then I remember leaving it being like, okay, like, yeah, like that was fine. But I don't know, he wasn't really on my mind. And honestly, I wasn't on his. It wasn't like that. I just think I remember being like, should I have been more excited about that? Because I had such a crush on him. I thought he was so cute. But just something felt wrong. And then I remember going home to Whitby and I was so excited to see Alice. I remember that like moment <laughs> of like picking her up from work. We were all going to a show and she totally, she was, she was fine. It was great to see her. But I remember <laughs> oh,
1: God.
0: we all went to like watch um, a show together and then we had plans to go to a friend's house afterwards, but then Alice ditched to go to her boyfriend's house mm. and all my friends were okay with it because they were like, okay, like, go have fun with your boyfriend.
1: Mm-hmm. I <laughs> I cried. Oh. oh, I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that.
0: I was fine. I went to my friend's house. I didn't cry in front of my friends. I just went to my friend's house. I was being, I was trying to act normal, but I was like, all my friends are acting normal, but why am I the only one feeling like crazy at the fact that Alice didn't come back to our friend Jess's house I'll just call Jess out Alice didn't come back to Jess's house I was like why do I feel like this way and I wasn't thinking about the guy from college I wasn't like I was like my mind was just going nuts I was like shouldn't I be like thinking about the guy from college because we just hooked up like a week before why am I so concerned about Alice like what's wrong with me I did Mm. I couldn't acknowledge the fact of like do I have feelings for her I was like what is wrong with me? So I got in my car and I a I cried. And then, um, oh, curse. this is really sad. I think I talked to Kaylin about it. My, my, my childhood best friend, Kaylin, And she was like, I think you're just upset because you feel like you didn't, you didn't spend time with her maybe, but I'm like, but she's, but I'm spending time with all of you. And she's like, yeah, but you probably just miss her. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I probably just like really miss her.
1: And that's not Kaylin's fault either. Like it's it, it's hard for anyone to know what's going on including you and you just I, I think like on some level of course you weren't acknowledging your feelings but I think on another level you didn't know that they were feelings I think you really were like just confused yeah It like you knew that this wasn't a normal reaction that you would have to any one of your other friends not coming to the party
0: no you, not like But you weren't no. sure
1: exactly what that meant you know what I mean
0: It was, it was wild. It was the weirdest feeling I remember. Cause I was like, I'm here with like all my best friends, but why am I so affected at this one girl's choice? It it was like quite the awakening for me. Mm -hmm. And so that period of time, I remember I wrote her like a letter. I, um, (laughs) I don't remember what I said in the letter, but I, I think I basically told her I was just going through a rough time. And like, she was the only person I really wanted to like talk to. And I, I couldn't really (laughs) explain it, but she was there with me. Like she understood, like we were so close that she was, it was very much like a best friend. Right. So she was like, of course, like I'm here for you, all this stuff. But I don't think, I still wasn't acknowledging like the feelings part. So the moment I remember telling my parents, like, I think I have to finally tell them I like this girl. It wasn't even at the Christmas break. It was two months after that. Because I remember right before I was going to college, Alice came to my house to, like, help me pack my things. And it felt like a girlfriend was coming over to say, like, goodbye. Like, I was, like, hugging her and not letting her go. Mm
1: -hmm, But mm -hmm.
0: she was kind of – she was, like, reciprocating it too. Like, we were – I remember we were, like, on my bed. Like, I was, like, straddling her on my bed. (laughs) Sarah's
1: like, what friendship is this? (laughs) I mean, I obviously haven't experienced a friendship like that, but that's because you were in love with her. Come on. You were in love. It was your first love.
0: I was so in love with her. Like she was, I was straddling her on the bed and she was like cuddling me and we're like packing up my bags. And I remember like my mom walked in, in the room to like give me something and she fully saw me straddling Alice, (laughs) but she- and when I say straddling, I mean, like, I was just, like, wrapped up in her, like, a koala kind of thing. Like, we are like, cuddling.
1: Which is a pretty classic thing for purse to do. So it wouldn't be, like, that out of the ordinary. You're just, totally. like, little, so you're always, like, curling up with people.
0: Yeah. So I think my mom was just, like, oh, okay, and, like, left. But I remember, like, my heart was, like, my heart was, like, beating so fast. And I was, like, yeah. so excited.
1: Your body, it, it really sounds like your body was telling you everything. And it was telling you things, like, really intensely. Like this super fast heart rate, the total letdown of her her not coming to the party, the feeling of just like needing to cry. Like your body has like your body tells you these things. It sends those signals and you do what you what you can with them. And it sounds like it was tough, but you finally took the signals and you were like, okay, I'm not going to ignore the signals anymore. I think I figured out what they are.
0: My body told me everything. And so in February was when I finally told my parents. I remember I wasn't very confident. I said, I think I could maybe like girls. I'm trying to remember if I told them I liked Alice specifically, but I think I did. I think I was like, and I think I could like Alice. Mm -hmm. I think they had suspicions. Um, My mom definitely knew. I I was different around her than I was with any of my other friends. Like they definitely were intuitive to that. But Yeah. yeah, it's true. Our body tells us everything
1: for you, it sounds like it was kind of just a tipping point. Like it sounds like you you went into this dark time and it, it almost feels like your body kind of got to its edge. Your body was like, I can't give you any more signals until you like accept this and say it out loud kind of thing. Like you, yeah. it sounds like your body kind of shut down on you. You went into a depression and you had no motivation. Like
0: I didn't want to do anything. Oh my God. Yeah. I, it was bad. Like Yeah. My body went into a depression when I came back to Humber. I think I want to say that first month. And when I was back, I would be curious if even like some of my friends from college, like I still talk to my girls from college, like in res, I'd be curious to know if they thought like was something up with me. I think Mm -hmm. like whenever I, whatever I said to them, I would always have an excuse. So maybe they're like, okay, she's just not feeling well, or she's just stressed or whatever. But like, I didn't want to do anything. Or if I would go to a party, I was so like numb, not there. My mind was constantly racing. I remember I invited Alice to like come and visit for college, like for a weekend and she canceled on me and it like ruined my whole night. Like uh. just all these things that later on I'm like, it's cause you just really liked her. And I was having, I was having a hard time trying to even accept that I could be like really into women because it still scared me. Like saying I was bi, like, I think I still had a little bit of that biphobia where I thought like, I don't know if I could ever be I don't know if I was like ever going to accept that I could be with a woman. Mm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I was just surrounded, yeah. especially in college at Humber. Oh my God. Everyone was so straight, so straight yeah. and so white. I was like,
1: yep, you're right.
0: All my friends were so excited about like all the guys, like they wanted to like meet and I just remember like not having an interest. hmm but I didn't I really have that. eyes on girls though. I was, I think I was just very hyper
1: focused on like my feelings for Alice. <laughs> yeah, you were definitely hyper focused. But that's, I think we've said this before, it all happened for a reason. I think you, you would not have been, you would not be here today if it wasn't for that, that situation with Alice because your feelings were so intense. They were first love. To me, it sounds like first love multiplied because. I never, I mean, I also like am a void of emotion, but I've never had that like type of, I don't think I've ever had that type of feeling you're describing. Intense.
0: Um, I haven't, the thing <laughs> which, is I have it a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, which isn't a bad thing at all, but I'm just yeah. saying like, I think the fact that your feelings were so intense is what led you to, yes, a really dark place, but then it led you to coming out. And then it led you to exploring, and then it led you to coming out again. And now you're here like a confident gay woman. I'm grateful for Alice.
0: No, no, I know. I am grateful for her too. She's definitely someone who we've had our ups and downs. Um, but I think the way the friendship ended up and where it is right now happened for a reason. We both went our separate ways, which I think we needed to. But I am grateful yeah. for her because she helped me learn about myself and who I wanted. And like you said, it it wasn't an easy way it wasn't an easy like okay I know I like her so I'm bi and then I'm gay oh my god no I couldn't accept it like I said I thought I would end up with a man I used to think that all the time like when I when I have a boyfriend who's gonna be like this or this like now I it's so funny I can't even say I can't even say the word like my boyfriend like
1: yeah it just goes wrong
0: It feels so wrong. Like, of course, I think men are attractive. Like I was even showing, Cam was showing me a guy she matched with on Hinge the other day. And I was like, this guy's so hot. Of course, I think he's hot. But that doesn't mean I want to be with him. Like, I know that's so certain now. Like, it just took me a while. And basically, long story short, that's what led me to being like, I think I need to talk to my parents. Like, I need to tell someone because if I'm just holding this stuff in, it's, I'm going to explode. Yeah. Because I clearly can't do it on my own.
1: For sure. I th- I th- I think that's an important part of it too is like you were ultimately reaching out for help. Like as much as you were coming out because you wanted them to know this about you, you were also kind of like reaching out your hand a little bit and you were like I th- I think expressing this could help me move forward and move out of this. Which it did. The thing I love about your story is that I don't know, it wasn't li- it wasn't like you were um desperately trying to convince yourself that you liked guys like that that's not really a part of your story like I think I think you're a good example of how it can be really nuanced and it doesn't have to be like I know in my soul I like women but I'm gonna pretend I like guys it can be it can be a little bit of everything and it can be confusing it can be like exactly like you just said I think this guy's hot I think this guy's really hot so I can't be just gay maybe I'm bi but well, so do I like any girls other than Alice? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it's a it's just a conversation that you're having. It doesn't have to be like this huge suppression.
0: Agreed. Oh, I totally agree. And really, I, that was a good point. I used to only think like maybe Alice is the only girl I like because she was the only one I was feeling attraction for. Like when I went to Humber and there's obviously so many women, obviously in residence. Of course, yeah. I thought girls were so pretty, but there's no one I met where I was like, I'm attracted to you. So that's why I think that confused me as well because I was like, oh my God, maybe Alice is the only girl I'll ever like. But it's really when I moved to the city and I started working at The Craft, um, a restaurant in Liberty Village. Um, So guys, I would have been like 21. This was in like 2015 years ago when I moved with Sarah to the city and we both like got jobs and all this stuff. Oh my God, I remember the one server I met and I, I just looked at her one day. Like I took one look at her and I was like, Oh, for some reason, that was like another moment which just opened my eyes to other women. Maybe mm-hmm. just being in the city where there's just so many more people. And I think like, I don't know, it just opened my eyes. I was like, well, yeah. oh, there's another girl who I'm like, I want you to make out with me. Yeah. I never felt that. I hadn't felt that ever post Alice.
1: Yeah. And I think that you are a very, uh, like you feel very strongly for people. And a part of it also was like, you just loved Alice so much that that to me has always felt like that was the reason why you weren't attracted to other girls. It wasn't that, because you were like maybe I'm not gay because I only like Alice but I think it was just that you loved her so much that you only had eyes for her and I think by the time you did start working at the restaurant and you met that server I think by that point it had been long enough that you were able to kind of like start to get over the Alice thing and then that's why your your eyes opened because you were like okay I'm kind of letting this girl go and then you're like, oh my God, there's a lot of pretty girls out here.
0: Yeah, that's actually exactly it. That's I was literally very... what happened. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I'm so happy that you came out and I'm happy that you had a positive experience, obviously.
0: At least with my family. Like I said, all of my yes. struggles were internal and that's okay. Like I, I had to figure that out on my own, but it was no one else's doing that made me feel that way. Like, yes, I ha- I did go through situations where people were not believing me when I was bi or saying I lean one way or the other. but. Yeah. Ultimately, it was never met with, like, hate. It was more just, like, okay, I don't know. Like, maybe she'll, like, meet a guy eventually. But really, it wasn't that stuff that affected me to that extent. When I went to my dark place, it was kind of being, like, what do I want? Or who am I? I remember used to th- I used to think I was crazy for how I felt about Alice. I thought I was, like, am I just, like, obsessed with her as a friend? Like, what's wrong mm-hmm. with me? But it's, like, no. Mm-hmm. Simply enough, you just really liked her and you'd never felt that way for anyone else.
1: yeah. I would have been just as confused. I can say that confidently. I I would have been like, I'm nuts. Like, why? Why am I so upset? Like, what is going on? No one else around me is this upset.
0: Yeah. But I would really love to just you know coming out from my experience with my family. I'd really love to get into this mailbag that we have. From we're gonna give this person a nickname. Yes, we're gonna or call a code her code name. A code name.
1: A code name. Yeah. So so they want to stay anonymous, but we're gonna call her Sammy. Yeah, Sammy. And it feels right for her. We've sent voice notes back and forth, and we love her to death. And just her energy and her vibe is like A, A plus energy vibe. So Sammy sent us her story, and we're going to read it out for you right now. So this is what Sammy said. I want to start by saying thank you for your podcast. It is a great way to let people know they are not alone in whatever they're feeling. And I think that is so important. The podcast is funny as well. Love that. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. I want to say so much, but I'm going to try to keep this as short as possible. I reached out to Persis about a month ago to thank her for sharing her story. I see and feel a lot of similarities in my own. To start, I am not straight. I never labeled myself, I suppose, for a few reasons. One of them being, I'm just simply not sure, lol. And the other, having a lot to do with my mom and the fact that she is not okay with me not being straight i knew i liked boys and girls from when i was a young kid i just always forced myself to gravitate towards the boys even though most of the time i am more frequently attracted to women emotionally and romantically just like you Perth. growing up it was always taught to me that i was supposed to get a boyfriend i suppressed my feelings for women most of my life never having even kissed a girl until i was 24. my longest most serious relationship was with a woman Almost four years long. I kept it a secret the entire time because I knew my mom would never be okay with it. Mm. I broke up with this person and fell into a very dark place, forcing me to come clean about the secret relationship to my mom. She took it worse than I could have ever imagined and said some horrific things to me that I will never forget. This breaks my heart. Um, she never saw it as me being in love. She thought it was something I did, in air quotes, because I was bored or felt rejected by men or because I simply hated her. Wow. I explained, I know, I explained it was none of those things and that I had nothing to do with her at all. To this day, I never talk about women in front of her, nor does she even believe this is a part of me. She acts like the relationship I was in never existed, and she still constantly asks me about boys. And then Sammy continues to say for the record 99% of the time I am not dating anyone I don't pursue women anymore because my mom has instilled such fear in me even writing this message gives me anxiety because I am picturing my mom reading it it sounds ridiculous but sometimes in life I feel like I'm just waiting to feel attracted to a man in a way that makes me want to date them the ones I have felt this for in the past have never worked out And then she says, I also just shared this about myself to my best friend, who is a female, less than a year ago. So talking about it out loud is still new to me. So she just told her best friend, like, recently. Mm -hmm. Um, I shared it with another friend who's a male a few months ago. He told me he always thought I was super hetero, LOL. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) What does that even mean?
1: Um, And then Sammy said, anyway... Sometimes I feel very alone, but I know I shouldn't. It's just difficult to navigate at times. People always think there's something wrong with me because I've never had a serious or long-term relationship with a man. Uh, What people don't know is that I'm not straight. I just don't speak about it. If my mom was more okay with it, I would gladly be more open about it. Feel free to mention my story on the podcast. If this helps another person, that will make me very happy. And I can guarantee, guarantee there's one person listening to this right now who is like, yeah. I relate to this and this is tough and thank you for telling me there's someone else who's experiencing this. Uh, the last thing that I'll add to Sammy's story is that when we were chatting further about this, she mentioned that she really wants to come out to her brother someday soon and that's a really big um, priority for her and that she it's, it's on her goal list and she's working her way up to it. So... <laughs> I feel like I don't even know where to start. The thing that really really stood out to me was this sentence. If my mom was more okay with it, I would gladly be more open about it. Yeah. And I think I think that is key here because like our parents' opinions, whether we admit it or, mo- or not, they truly matter so much to us. Sammy would just be open about her sexuality only if her mom was okay with it.
0: And that's the thing, right? Like, that's why I always try to remember to put myself in someone else's shoes, like definitely like Sammy, for example, because our stories are very similar. And I can only imagine if my parents weren't as accepting as they were, even at 18. And even my mom having like little questions here and there, but I knew at my core that she would still be okay with me talking to her about women. Even if she had to work, she had to think about it or had to like, you know, Uh, Unlearn some things than what she had been taught as a child. I knew she wasn't coming at it like, I don't want to talk to you about it. Or no, 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 men, 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 (laughs) or something like that, you know? Men, men, men. (laughs) Men, men, men. (laughs) No, I knew that. So I think I understand where Sammy's coming from because, yeah, our parents' opinions mean a lot. Maybe whether we like to admit it or not, it can also hold us back from really going for what we want. And I just... I don't know, it's so much easier said than done, but I never want people to feel like they're doing something for someone else.
1: One thing that I just want to mention first, that Sammy mentioned that um, people always think there's something wrong with me because I've never had a serious or long-term relationship with a man. I just want to first off state that if you have not been in a serious relationship, there is nothing wrong with you. I don't know who needs to hear that, but I hope you heard that and that you felt that. there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. We actually had a listener reach out and ask us to do a whole episode on that topic about being like a late bloomer, air quotes, or not having had a serious relationship and feeling embarrassed or ashamed. And I really relate to that. And I know you do too. So Mm -hmm. I think that we should definitely talk about that on a future episode. Guys, let us know if that interests you. I think that it's really important to mention first of all. And then second of all, the relate the long you have had a long term relationship first of all, Sammy, I'm talking about this, talking to Sammy, you have had a long term relationship, but it was a secret. It's interesting because she's not comfortable
0: to come out, so people are just going to say like, oh, what's up like she's she hasn't had a serious relationship with a man,
1: or you know yeah what I mean? I but just she has she's she has yeah, I feel like I feel like what i what struck me with Sammy's story is that she's facing all these societal pressures from her from her mom and clearly from the people around her, even from um her friend who thought she was super hetero but the truth is that she has experienced uh love she's experienced a long-term relationship she's experienced the process of coming out she has
0: experienced love and like that's one of the most beautiful things to experience and i'm sorry that it had to be a secret
1: i guess what i'm feeling is like this story is deep and intense and it has it has like so many parts to it and I just wonder if Sammy knows that she's lived so much life already like she has allowed herself to experience so much and it's been really really tough but I just wonder if she's given herself that credit do you know what I mean of like look look at everything she's done she's explored her sexuality she's allowed herself to do that in a long-term relationship. She's come out to her mom who she knew wouldn't accept it and who didn't accept it. And it's not, none of it is easy, but she did it. Like she went and she, she's done all of this. Mm -hmm. And not only that, she's reaching out to us and telling her story, Mm -hmm. like that alone. And she said, like even writing this, message to us made her anxious because she thought about her mom maybe reading it but she still did it Mm -hmm. I just think that really struck me when I when I was talking to Sammy I was like look at you like you're doing the work which we've talked about it takes work and you're doing it and I just wonder if she knows that and I I think she's listening probably right now so what up Sammy but if you're listening like you've done the work and you're doing the work I just feel like that's important to tell you
0: yeah. It's important to tell you. And it's also important to know that there's like no rush for anything. Like I think for right now, you're probably feeling a lot, like you're probably feeling overwhelmed, but kind of exactly, yeah. exactly what Sarah said. Like you have already done so much to accept yourself. And I think you do know yourself more than you think you do. And I struggle with this sometimes. Cause like, I understand like family's family and it's really, really hard. And we want to like, we don't want to disappoint anyone. And we, our relationship with our parents are, it's really, really important. But I think sometimes we have to think a little selfishly at points when it comes to just like the life we want to live. I just, I always stand by that where I think it's so important to like really try and stay like so authentically to you because like at the end of the day, you're living for you. It's your life. You deserve to be happy and you deserve to be authentic and not have all these like repressions. Easier said than done, but I just hope that maybe there will be a point where Sammy and her mom can just like have an open, like real honest conversation where Sammy can be like, this is me.
1: Yeah. And it sounds like those conversations have started. It's not like, it's not like she's at ground zero. Like she, the, the conversations have started and they have not been good. We're not going to sugarcoat it. It sounds like it has been truly worst case scenario for Sammy, but I think just going off what you said. And obviously, all of this is easier said than done. But maybe just sitting back and asking yourself, like, when I'm old and looking back on my life, yeah. do I want to say that I made myself happy or do I want to say that I did everything I could to make my mom happy? And as much as you might love your mom, we all love our, our moms and our dads and our, our peeps. You got to make yourself happy first. Yeah. Maybe your mom will come around. Maybe she won't.
0: Here's the thing. Like like Sarah said, maybe she'll come around. Maybe she won't. But I think what's important is that we don't lose sight of ourselves. And this can be touchy, right? Because it's hard. We don't know people's situations. Like we don't know the family dynamic. But I like how you said when you're going to be older and you're looking back at your life, I just don't want anyone to feel like they had any regrets of doing something for someone else. Because for what? Like- like, what? No.
1: <laughs> and Sammy says, like, she says, 99% of the time, I'm not dating anyone. I don't pursue women anymore because my mom has instilled such fear in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's deep-rooted, right? So that's going to take some work and some time to get over that fear because that now that's a part of you. And that's not your, that's not your fault. That's your mom who created that fear. What you said, purse about not rushing and taking it slow is really important. Like, don't be hard on yourself about having to make any big decisions or do anything that doesn't feel super comfortable to you but know that like you're gonna have to get over that fear if you want to find like true happiness right
0: oh yeah um
1: it's kind of just like that barrier you have to walk through and we're not we're not here to tell you how to get through that fear that's that's your decision and how to kind of like come into your own whether yeah. it's there, whether it's therapy, whether it's traveling or meditation or journaling or like, like whatever method you find to like be present in yourself, you're going to have to get through that fear and know that it's not your fault. The fear isn't your fault. You didn't put it there. It's not your fault, but it's your problem. So you got to push through it because now it's no one's going to push you through that fear. You got to do it for yourself.
0: Agreed. Agreed. And like time, if take the time. Like like we said, take the time. It's not going to come to you naturally and right away. And like you're not going to have all the answers right away. But I think um, you want to get the, to the end goal where you're like, I'm happy. I always say like the common theme is just happiness with all of this. So it's like just make yeah. sure you get to that.
1: Do you think that Sammy should talk more openly with her mom about – Yeah, like you said, it's hard because we don't know the dynamic between – between these two women because sammy's saying like i just don't talk about it with my mom in- anymore because i'm scared of how she'll react but i wonder what would happen if she just started talking about it a bit more openly
0: i mean that's the thing right i i find like it- it's no harm in trying maybe and i know it's scary but to maybe just to keep throwing it out there to keep saying like well there's girl or you know what like i I have to talk to you about really talk to you about this part of myself that hasn't gone away it's not like a it's not a phase it's not because i think men don't like me or anything like that like just just keep pushing it out there and be firm be firm about it
1: yeah another thing thank you for mentioning that is there's so much misogyny rooted in sammy's story like the fact the fact that she was told you know men just weren't attracted to her so she was like rebelling and then also that people think something's wrong with her because she has, hasn't been in a long-term relationship with a man that's misogyny that's that's what it is yeah. and so the um that yeah <laughs> for real i guess i guess i just feel like maybe to sum this up like sammy it sounds like you're kind of just starting this process like you just in the past year have talked to your two friends about being queer and you've come out to them that's incredible you're thinking about coming out to your brother Amazing. You already came up to your mom. I think like you're going through a process right now, and it's it's sounds like it's a winding road and it sounds like it is going to continue to be, but I just think like keep going. You're you're going in the right direction. You are like, if don't second guess yourself, you are moving towards truth, you're moving towards your true self, and that's always going to be the right direction to go.
0: You're doing the work, you're not sitting back and even opening up already and us sharing your story on the pod is a very, very big step. So thank you for also allowing us to share your story so other people can hear it and other people can resonate um, because that's the most important thing.
1: Yes. Thank you, Sammy, so much. We appreciate you and we love you. And we're always here for you if you ever need anything. And we can't wait to see how your story continues to unfold because it seems like there's a lot more unfolding to do. Yes.
0: Amen.
1: And P, to wrap this up, what tips do you have for people who want to come out to their family specifically?
0: Like, honestly, so, so many tips. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I always want to say is that I feel like I want to make sure that you feel safe when you're coming out to your family. Because I think, obviously, everyone's family dynamic is different. Like, we don't know. So I think just, like, do it when you feel like the timing is right, when you feel like you're ready to. And I think also, yeah, safety is a big key factor be open, be strong, be firm. I honestly have to say I wasn't very strong in the way like I came out to my family. Like I said I like danced around the subject. I wasn't very confident. It felt I knew I had to get something off my chest, but it felt very like I was like shaky and like weird when I said it. And that's okay. You know what? Every you can be shaky if you say it cuz it's like going to be a nerve-wracking thing, but I think like own your feelings and don't second guess them because I sometimes second guess my feelings all the time, not even about my sexuality, but even when I think about a person I like, sometimes I like get so down on myself. If I'm like, oh, like, what is this feeling? Like, why do I feel this way? You know, but own your feelings. And I think a good reminder of that, whether it's your sexuality or even if it's like a crush you have on someone or whatever the fact is, they're your feelings and they're valid. Own it. Even if you're not so sure about yourself and exactly what you want and what your label is, just just acknowledging that this is a part of you and this is a part of your, a part of your journey is already like so telling. And I think like you'll feel that weight lift off your shoulders to at least like get that out. So just own you as a human, love yourself.
1: She's like pointing really aggressively and I love it. Yes. And also this just randomly came to mind, but um, another helpful tip might be Um, if you feel more comfortable coming out to someone else first before your family, like if, if you're listening and you haven't come out to anyone, don't be afraid to like come out to someone that you're more comfortable with first. And it's going to be, it's going to be an experience coming out to your family no matter what, but it might be helpful to maybe confide in a friend or I don't know, a teacher or something, um, that you feel like a little more of a bond with. And then you can experience that coming out and then use that experience for your coming out to your family
0: there's definitely comfort I think in like talking to someone first who like you do feel um, that bond with. And then it's not like the first time you'll, you'll, you'll you 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 would have already had that like conversation. So then you can like take that and then like, bring that to your family. I think that's really good advice. Oh, and I like this. What tips do we have for people who are experiencing a family member coming out to them?
1: Yeah. What tips do we have? I think we've, we've mentioned this on a past episode, but listening is probably number one. You, you, you don't have to respond right away, but you do have to listen. Just sit there and listen. Just sit there and listen. And you can figure out exactly what you want to say later if you need to. Take your time. But just know that this person has built up a lot to come here and tell you this. Um, it's not just like a whim, probably. No. They've probably mm-hmm. been thinking about it for a long time. And they've probably been working themselves up. So respect that, listen, don't interrupt them, don't get angry, even if you feel angry <laughs> or whatever you feel. Just like listen, just allow yourself to listen.
0: Never assume anything for that person. You know what I mean? Like let them be the ones to tell their story.
1: Yeah, I think you can really, you experience that what, when you came out in certain scenarios to people with them being like, I don't think so (laughs) and you were like hell yeah
0: hell yeah i did and now look where i am peeps look where look where i am seven years later
1: yeah i feel like those are good tips and just know that uh you always have a family at girl on girl yeah you do you
0: got your you got your mommies
1: i feel like i would be like a drunk aunt like a drunk auntie oh yeah what would i be i think you'd be the mommy Ew. Ew. Ew, ew, ew.
0: Wait, okay, so I'm the mommy and you're the drunk auntie?
1: (laughs) Well, no, I can be a mommy too. I just really, I think I just um, identify with drunk auntie because that actually is who I am in real life.
0: fair that's fair to be fair i think we're both just drunk aunties in our own way so like you guys have a family with us but um just know that there's gonna be a lot of chaos but a lot of fun
1: a lot of fun like i've thought about this before with my nephews they're both really young but i've thought like if one of them ever wanted to come out to someone in the family i'm like i hope it's me first
0: okay girl you have a full gay podcast of course they're gonna come out to you they
1: They will better at this point
0: they will especially because girl on girl is gonna be a massive hit and it's gonna be like worldwide known that that's right at the time if one of your nephews wants to come out they'll be like oh my auntie (laughs) is the leader of a gay
1: podcast the leader (laughs) (laughs) it was a cult (laughs) oh my god guys we love you We love you. uh, We're going to keep serving up these topics. We were asked recently how we keep thinking of new topics um, and topics that are like relatable. And our response to that was you guys, like Mm -hmm. fully, you guys send us topics every single week. We get a message from someone being like, listen, you really need to talk about this or here's my story. I really think other listeners might want to hear it and so we're just like we've just got content for days like you guys tell us what you want to hear and we will talk about it
0: yeah when we appreciate you guys giving us these topics
1: trust me so much we love it so much and if any other straight guys out there are listening please let us know it just warmed our hearts makes us so excited (sighs) so excited so excited and I just can't hide it
0: Ba-dum, ba-dum, oh. ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. welcome to oh. in case you missed
1: it it's a sneaky in case you missed it
0: it is very sneaky because we are being very sneaky if we're not being sneaky it's gonna be a lost cause
1: <laughs> i think that was a brilliant segue if you ask me, can you guys guess what we're about to talk about? I could think of a better one. Hold on. Okay. Okay. In case you missed, Ilish it versus <laughs> Persis? That was not better. That was better, and your face was like kind of offensive. <laughs> your okay. Face, your face literally went like this. <laughs> It didn't look like that. Yeah, it uh, In case you missed, I lished it.
0: Okay, I actually kind of like that.
1: Thank you. It like rolls off the tongue.
0: In case you missed, I lished it.
1: On this, in case you missed it, we're going to discuss Billie Eilish, the 19-year-old global superstar. Obviously, you guys know who Billie Eilish is. but I don't know why I'm why I'm explaining who she is. She recently released a new video for her new song Lost Cause which I have been absolutely obsessed with. I've listened to it like a bajillion times on repeat. One day I just listened to it on repeat for like half an hour. My Spotify was accidentally on repeat and I just didn't change it because I was I was, I was was just so happy in my little bubble of Lost Cause. I just love the song um, and she released a video as well which is essentially her and her best friends just being hot and hanging out in a mansion and dancing like making up dance moves and the lyrics are like f you to this guy essentially and it's just like girl power kind of vibes
0: but there's always a but
1: but the but is that persis messaged me and was like hey did you hear about people saying that billy is queer baiting and i did not know what that means or what that meant (laughs) It's late. I can feel it. <laughs> I did not know what that meant. So, Priscilla, what is queer baiting?
0: One, I'm just gonna say I didn't. I hadn't seen the Billie Eilish uh, music video yet when I messaged Sarah about that. So I was like, I'm gonna watch it myself. So I actually watched it today. But for those who don't know what queer baiting is, it's basically like a marketing strategy, or it's like basically hinting at like LGBTQ relationships, but you're not actually getting there. So you can see that in TV shows, you can see that in music videos, and even in like maybe songs, like lyrics. It's kind of like um, it's basically a big hint. You're like hinting at something, and a lot of people in the community aren't fans of that because they think you're not taking these relationships very
1: seriously. Right. So you watched the video. Yep. When you were watching the video, <laughs> knowing that some people were accusing Billy of queer baiting, what were your thoughts?
0: I didn't think it was queer baiting.
1: Interesting. Why?
0: I had no idea. So I, I've seen all these things on TikTok, being like really angry at Billy for queer baiting, and I know there's some other stuff that we will get into with this in case you missed it. It's not even just the music video or her Instagram post that she um, posted to promote the video, but I guess she's dating a homophobic man who's like 10 years her senior. Things, things like that we'll discuss. But anyway, the reason why. I didn't think it was queer baiting. Was when I watched it, I was like, "It's not sexualized." I thought it was going to be more. I thought, I thought there was going to be so much more for people to be like, "This is so," like, "It's not portraying women loving women in like a right way, or it's not, um, what should call it, like." She's almost she's almost uh toying with the fact that women can be sexual with each other, but we're not actually dating. No, when I was watching it, I was like, this straight up feels like a bunch of girls genuinely hanging out, being silly. They're trying to pump Billy up because clearly she's gone through this breakup and she's like dressed up in like maybe her ex-boyfriend's clothes and they're like laughing. And yeah, I love that part. It it really made me genuinely think like, oh my God, if I had a slumber party with my girls and I'm getting over a breakup, we'll be doing the same thing and mm-hmm. yeah they're being they're being hot but they're not like making out with each other they're not yeah at points there's definitely like some touching but it was so minimal like there was like one part in the video where i think it was like a little section in the song where it's a little bit more sensual and then there's like the girl like rubbing billy's like shoulders and cheeks whatever but i was like that was it and then the rest they're kind of like laughing because i also think like Female friendships can be like that, right? And it doesn't always have to be like, we're gay for each other. I definitely can get that way, like super affectionate and super touchy with my girlfriends just because I love my girlfriends, my friends, meaning. (laughs) Like, I love them. So-
1: Your two girlfriends and your two boyfriends?
0: My two girlfriends and my two boyfriends. I'm allowed to do that. (laughs) Exactly. But I don't know. I just, I didn't see the issue with video at all
1: yeah so when you when you messaged me about this and just to repeat again before you had seen the video you were just like oh this is what people are saying i felt myself getting really defensive and i was thinking about that defensiveness the next day and i was like i wonder like what that is like it's not i mean i like Billie eilish but it's not like i'm a super fan that i'm like don't talk about billy in that way like that yeah. wasn't the defensiveness at all and i realized when I thought about this defensiveness, that it was women are told from the moment we're born how sexy we're allowed to be. There's a point where we're too sexy and a point where we're not sexy enough. And if you can find that little balance in between, then you're golden and you can be accepted by society. And that's what we're told and that's what we're taught growing up. And I think that defensiveness was like, when I watched the video, I felt empowered. I felt like, I was like, hell yeah. It made me feel grateful for my girlfriends. I was like, this is this is exactly what I want to do if I break up with a guy. I want to go to a mansion, dress up in comfy PJs with my girls, eat Lay's potato chips, like laugh about how stupid this guy is, make up dances in the living room, shoot silly string at each other, like just be idiots and be young and be hot. And I felt empowered, and so it felt like people were being like, this is too sexy, and so it's in, and so it's insinuating that she's in a sexual relationship with these. Friends, and i i got defensive i think because i was like okay women are constantly being told how sexy they're allowed to be and of course her and her friends in this video of course they're sexy they're beautiful and they're in they're basically in pjs the whole time but they're women and they have curves and they have boobs and they're like shaking their asses and mm-hmm. that's essentially what i felt was that the queer baiting argument was saying that's too sexy and so it's insinuating that they're all queer and it just it just felt like it took away that empowering feeling that I felt where I really related to the level of sexiness that they were portraying. Yeah. And so I actually found a few articles that really kind of like expressed that defensive feeling that I was feeling even better. And just this one article from Cosmo – it was titled, "No, Billie Eilish isn't queer baiting in her Lost Cause video," and the subheader says, "The discourse around Eilish shows how little room women are allowed to explore their identity." And I was like, "That's that explains it a lot better than than I could have." It's like I do understand like where where people might have gone there, and how how of course it's important to make sure that we're calling out people when we need to call out people. But this just felt like this is putting w- this woman in a box and it's putting all these women in a box that just because they're dancing around and just because they're hot, essentially, but that's what I felt, that it's too much. It's too sexy. Um, and they're and they're just doing it for the queerbait. And then another article from Slate. So I don't know if we mentioned this explicitly, but when she was promoting the video, she posted an Instagram photo of st- with stills from the video and the caption for the instagram photo was i love girls that fueled the queer baiting argument as well and i'm just like i love girls yeah am i Am I, i'm straight and i love girls am i not allowed to say that but anyway this article from slate was titled billy eilish loves girls great <laughs> i totally agree and i like how this article
0: kind of touches upon like okay are we back in 2007 yes do you yes. know what i mean when i saw that caption I love girls. I'm pretty sure I even liked the post. I was like, "Hell yeah, Billy!" Like, but it's funny because I didn't think of it like, "Is Billy coming out?" I I didn't think of it like that either. I was just like, "She's loving her girls. I love girls." Yeah, I and think-
1: the song is like an "Fu Boy" song. Yes. So so, so she's been like, "I love girls."
0: One hundred percent. And something that I wanted to touch upon as well, because like exactly like when I when I saw the song and the video, I was like this is not feeling like queer baiting. So I don't really know why everyone's going off at her. Like I said, I loved the song. I was like curious about the video. And I'm like, why is everyone going at it? Literally nothing of the sort. But um, people were saying there's like some great examples, great examples of queer baiting. But remember that song Girls by Rita Ora, um, where they're basically saying you're getting drunk on red wine and like making out with your friends. Obviously we have I Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry. That was way back in 2007.
1: I think that's a perfect example of queerbaiting.
0: It is. LG, And also like other artists, LGBT artists like Haley Kiyoko and Kalani were coming out Rita Ora for the song Girls. I remember when that came out because um, it was taking away a lot of like the seriousness of like actual women loving women relationships. But it does feel like we're throwing Billy back into that era of when, yeah, exactly like this article said, like back in 2007. I Kissed a Girl was like a... When you think about the lyrics, like, damn.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a marketing tactic for for Katy Perry, right? That's the song that got her big because everyone was like, oh my God. Like, the title itself is like, bam. Um, listen to this. You got to listen to this. Billy is not making out with her friends in this video. Nothing sexual is happening at all. They're dancing. They are being their hot girl selves. And I don't know. I don't want to be insensitive to anyone who did feel like, I, I, I hope I'm my like defensiveness isn't coming off. as like if you did feel this was queer that's a- absolutely fine. And you have every right to feel that way and to feel whatever way you felt. and if if it if it offended you or bothered you, mm-hmm. then then that's totally okay. But I guess just as I don't know, as a woman, I was like, how many more times can we be told how sexy we're allowed to be and how sexy we're not allowed to be? How many more times can that happen before it's 2021 and it's still happening and it's happening in a very different way? Agreed. Agreed. And I felt empowered too.
0: I loved it. And I've been there. Like, I mean, how many times have we been upset about someone and all you want to do is throw on some music, dance around in your PJs and like... Yeah. You're going to dance on your friends. It's fun. It's empowering. And you're right. It really raises the question of like, are women allowed to like even be this way without being accused of
1: everything under the sun? It's open to discussion. Like if you guys want to tell us what you think about this, let us know. Yeah. I was definitely happy to see some of these articles that were having this discussion and, and being like, it, this doesn't feel like queer baiting and here's why. And here's the double standard. For women and here's here's why this is actually quite sexist and quite misogynistic so I was happy because I was like I feel I feel this way like is this a bad feeling I was almost like I I was trying to be open to it and I was like maybe I should look at this video with a different lens and I should look into this and all that but then I saw these articles and I was like okay cool so I'm not the only one who feels this way like it doesn't feel like queer baiting but I
0: think Billy has kind of been going through it with not even just the queer baiting on the video accusations and then the Instagram post, but there are some old tweets that have resurfaced, um, which tends to happen to a lot of uh, people lately Mm -hmm. um, of her current boyfriend. His name's Matthew Tyler and basically just him saying a bunch of um, homophobic, racist, misogynistic old tweets. That's another thing. Like I said, we, I think he's openly like, I think he's spoken out about it and like apologized or, or said a statement. I'm actually going to double check. I've always been a believer too. If you are dating someone who's homophobic, <laughs> I, do. I don't think that makes you an ally. Do you know what I mean? So that's that's something we don't know. Like who knows? Like he he people can change. Like people can change their opinions. Obviously, these were old tweets. I'm sure there's a lot of things that we have said in our past that we know if we dug that up, that would be really scary. I don't want to comment too much about this because like I'm not an expert in what Matthew Tyler has said in the past or like what he's saying now.
1: Oh, you're not an expert in Matthew Tyler? Literally, who is he? Like, who are you?
0: I think he's an actor.
1: Well, he can act right out of my life.
0: (laughs) Totally. I think a lot of people are getting angry about that as well. That component, if if Billy's dating a homophobic person, apparently.
1: Definitely like not a good look if, if there's this queer baiting conversation and then she's also dating a homophobic guy. And racist. And misogynistic. <laughs> definitely not, like, the best look. And also, it doesn't feel like the Billie Eilish that we have been, that the world has been, you know, presented. So, yeah, it definitely feels a little weird. It feels like maybe she didn't know about these tweets, maybe. I, yeah, we don't know the story, but it definitely is, like, bad timing and a bad look.
0: Totally. <laughs> I'm a bad guy. Yeah. Duh. Duh. Duh.
1: That song was probably written... About Matthew Tyler,
0: probably, <laughs> as she's currently dating him. All right, Sarah, Sarah. I think it's getting late. I think we're both I'm loopy. I'm
1: sleepy. I'm sleepy, girl. Yes, I go to sleep now.
0: Oh, me too. Me too. <laughs> I'm gonna probably take like a bath. Oh. I'm gonna take like a late night bath. I love doing that.
1: Yeah, you really like. You've been mentioning that a little bit lately.
0: Mm-hmm. Just like relaxes me. I'm just like in the tub. I have like my wine, and I'm like.
1: I like that. Lately, I've been just like straight from a thing to my bed and sleep. Like there's no decompression time, which is really bad, I know. But I've just been like so – my days have been busy lately and then I'm so tired by the end. I'm like –
0: No, take the time if you can, okay?
1: Okay, honey. honey. (laughs) I love you.
0: I love you. I love you. Thank you for always just being there. I loved doing this episode with you and I'm happy we could share Sammy's
1: story. Me too. Sammy, we love you. And first, if you need anything, just holler at your girl.
0: I'll send you you Uber Eats. You too. Oh my God. Yeah. Thank you. I'll accept Uber Eats. And if you need me to send you Uber Eats, because I know you probably need it.
1: I do. I'll send it to you. Tomorrow? Yep. I would like breakfast, please.
0: Okay. No problem. An omelet. (laughs) (laughs) I'll make you an omelet and bring it to London.
1: I don't know if you know that I like omelets. Oh God. remember when we used to go to that one place and i would get an omelet like extravaganza and you would get a milkshake (laughs) it happened like three
0: times it happened three times it was weird i because i would always eat like breakfast before but then i was like i kind of just want a milkshake and then you would always get an omelet (laughs)
1: omelet with like all the pixels so funny bye guys we'll see you next week xoxo